Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell-Clater. And this is Jonah Treeblosser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world, people sharing ways to improve your life. And Jonah, today we have Kathy Sanderson in the studios, and I'm very excited. I've been really looking forward to this show. She is going to be talking about her experiences in the Peace Corps. Well, hello, Kathy Sanderson, and welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. And, you know, there are people who may not realize what the Peace Corps is, or that's still very active. If it's around still. Because the Peace Corps started when I was a young man back uh, when... Which is a long time ago. Yes, dinosaurs roamed the earth. (laughs) When uh, John Kennedy was president. Um, So let's talk a little bit about how the Peace Corps got started. Well, John Kennedy, I believe in his inauguration, said, ask not what your country should do for you, but you can do for your country. And they came up with the Peace Corps, which was an excellent idea for people to go and serve in in foreign countries and bring America to them, but also bring them back to America. And that's you know the the heart of uh, the Rotary philosophy. We we reach across uh, international borders to help each other. Uh, we have a youth exchange program. When we have send our shelter box tents to areas of natural disasters, it's got the American flag. International and disasters. International yep. and national disasters. Mm-hmm. It's got the American flag and the Rotary symbol on it. So um, And all know, manned by volunteers, the exactly. same way the Peace Corps is. Yes. So, Kathy, when did you first get involved? Well, I first got involved... Um, when I had been a widow for a while and the children grew up and the dog died and I said, hey, I have a few options here. Uh-huh. So my older sister had been one of the very first Peace Corps volunteers. Back in the 60s. Back in the 60s. Right. And I thought, you know, so that, you have a that was interesting. Yes, it was on my radar. Yeah. So anyways, I decided to apply and I got accepted. <laughs> And oh, so there is, a, there is an application process. Oh, there is an okay. application and, process, and, yeah. And you do that and you submit it to where? Um, it? it was something I did online, actually. Okay. Uh, but before that, there were applications and you had to mail it to Washington. But I just did it online. Wonderful. Now, um, I never discuss a lady's age, but how old were you when you started in the Peace Corps? I was uh, 61. When okay. I went in the Peace Corps. That's right. And uh, just shows fellow seniors out there, never say die. Get off that chair. Come on and help. Uh, the, the, the world so needs you. So where did you go at 61? I you went, joined the Peace Corps, and what happens? I went to the country of Vanuatu, which is in the Southwest Pacific. I never heard of it when I got the information. I had to go to the library and go to their computer and look it up. And uh, so there it was. And uh, it's an island country, about 82 islands. And it was just, it's off really the coast of Australia, about a three-hour plane ride mm-hmm. to Australia. And I, it was a wonderful experience. That is far away from home. It was very far away from home and a long plane ride. <laughs> so, Kathy Sanderson, Peace Corps volunteer at the age of 61. You go to the South Pacific. Uh, it's First of all, it's a 15-hour drive to Australia because we did our radio rotary uh, coverage of the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia. It took you 15 did? hours to fly there. And an additional three hours to the name of the country and is what? The name of Vanuatu. Okay. How long were you there? uh, A little over two years. Did you come home at all during that time? You know, I did come home for the first Christmas because one of my children was telling me he was really missing me, and I thought, oh, "Oh, I guess I better show up. (laughs) (laughs) That was the same uh, child that, you know, when you send an email at CC about what this is about, he always said, 
your Club Med vacation. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, was there? Let, let's get back before you ended up uh, in the South Pacific. Was there a training program, or they there, just well, put you on well, a plane the, and says, "Have tr- fun"? The training program was actually in the country. Oh, is that right? Yes. And are there are there health requirements? I mean, because uh, you know the the Peace Corps volunteer that I remember from the, the '60s when my, for example, I had a cousin that did it. You know, it's the young strapping uh, young man with a, a beard and uh, sort of hippie sandals and sandals and and you know equally uh, strapping young woman. You know, uh, mm. not us senior citizens. Uh, is there a, a medical uh, or a, a physical yes. agility test or anything you oh, need? Oh yeah, you had a. Um pretty serious physical and that kind of thing. Okay. Dental and everything. All right. And what about um, like, you know, 40 push-ups or anything like that? Uh, no, they didn't ask for that. <laughs> uh, are they looking for uh, specific skills? Uh, Many different kinds of skills. I was a math teacher and so that's okay. what I did. So you taught the local children math? I did. That was my job. I that worked was, at a uh, school. That was terrific. Um, what, we have only a few seconds left before the break, so give us a little teaser. What was the best part of being a Peace Corps volunteer? The best part was really teaching the and knowing the students. They were wonderful. And it was such a different experience than it was here in uh, the United States. The children, um, well, first of all, they're big classes and... The, the school itself was a mess. It was just like broken down and everything. But they learned so much anyway. And they taught me how to teach, too. I had to, you know, speak slowly because English wasn't their native language and I was supposed to teach in English. So we put um, the numbers on the board and math was a universal language. Oh, wonderful, <laughs> did yes. You have, did you have any apprehensions, uh, Kathy Sanderson, about uh, going overseas or going into the Peace Corps? Uh, you, you know, strangely enough, because my sister did it, I guess I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. So you decided to join the Peace Corps. Uh, for those who may have joined late, uh, you had become a widow and, you know, you were by you yourself. You had life changes and Life you changes. Are. And you decide you want to, you know, you don't want to just sit on a rocking chair. You want to be active and move and groove. Right. Why the Peace Corps as opposed to, say, you know, the local garden club or, uh, you know, something of that nature. Or your local Rotary Club, folks. That's a place, right. great place to help that out. That is a great place to help out. Well, as I said, my older sister was in the Peace Corps and it was on my radar. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like something that would be interesting to do. Did you get a choice of which country or what area you want to go they to? They did ask me. Um, they gave me four countries. Three were in Africa and one was in the Southwest Pacific. And it was right in the time of the AIDS epidemic in Africa. Okay. And I was a little afraid of that, although I wouldn't be afraid of it anymore. But I was at the time, so I chose the Southwest Pacific. What are some of the uh, the training or preparation you did to uh, go to the Southwest Pacific for the Peace well, Corps? they had all kinds of cultural information. People come and talk to us about the culture. Also, they talked to us about the dangers of the ocean, which looked very beautiful but had many um, unpleasant varmints floating around in it. (laughs) So I wasn't exactly swimming. um, A lot. A lot. But there was language, which I have to say I was not exactly excelling at, but I did all right with it. Well, I think a lot of them, because I was already a teacher, I helped the students, the young people who were coming in the Peace Corps to to teach also. And we're going to find out more about Kathy Sanderson's adventures in the Peace Corps in just a moment. But first, Sarah O'Connell, who brings us Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Salisbury Bank and Riverside Bank, Absolute Auction and Realty, Third Eye Associates, Patterson Auto Body, and the featured Rotary Clubs of Brewster Carmel, Clarkstown Sunrise, East Fishkill, Fishkill, Goshen, Highland Hyde Park. 
Park, Kinderhook, Tri-Village, Kingston, Liberty, Millbrook, Nanuet, Greater Newburgh, and New City, New York. We'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. Hi, I'm Rotarian Susan Simon of Third Eye Associates. Rotarians devote themselves to caring for others. Sometimes we forget to care for ourselves, especially when it comes to planning for our future. At Third Eye Associates, we provide fee-only financial life planning, financial transition planning, and wealth management strategies to help you integrate your life and your money. ThirdEyeAssociates.com for more information or call us at 845-752-2216. That's 845-752-2216. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of Mental Health America and The Mark Agency. MHA is merging with The Mark Agency, so whether you struggle with addiction or your mental wellness, we can be your first stop. MHA and Mark, where anyone can get access to the full spectrum of mental health and addiction services without having to jump through unnecessary hoops. MHA of Duchess and The Mark Agency. Contact us at 473-2500 or check us out on the web at mhaduchess.org. You are not alone. Hi, I'm Rotarian Adam Kane for Poughkeepsie Nissan. From the economical Nissan Versa to the luxurious Nissan Armada to the exciting all-new electric Nissan Leaf, we have the right car for you. Come see our wide selection of new and previously owned vehicles at Poughkeepsie Nissan, Route 9 in Wappingers Falls, and visit us at PoughkeepsieNissan.com or call me direct, Adam Kane at 866-703-2288. That's 866-703-2288. Poughkeepsie Nissan, lower prices and higher standards. Hi, it's Sarah O'Connell Clater, and welcome back to this segment of Radio Rotary. I'm joined in the studio by my co-host Jonah Tree Boisser. You still want me around, or would you like to? <laughs> you would you like to dri- wash that man? Driving me crazy this morning. Would you like to wash that man right out of your hair? <laughs> it's okay. Ha ha. You know why? That's I said, an inside joke. No, well, let's make it an outside joke. Well, That's from it's the a great South Pacific. Great program, uh, Oscar Hammerstein, uh, South Pacific, yeah. and we're talking to Kathy Sanders about her adventures in the South Pacific. In the Peace Corps. That's and right. I have really been looking forward to the show because it's it's something I've, you know, thought about in my life, like people in the Peace Corps. And I have to say, a friend of mine went to do Teach America uh-huh. for three years um, and then taught in a South American country. So those types of activities, very um, simpatico with Peace Corps uh, activities, just like Rotary is. We right. have a lot in common. So, right. Kathy, we were um, asking you about what some of your adventures were in. You were located to... you were assigned to where? Well, my island was called Vanua Lava, which was one of the northernmost of the island country. Near In? Australia? Off Australia's we're at, coast? Well, about three hours by plane from oh, Australia. Okay. So right. we wanted to get some geography there, right. where we were, for and, our listeners. And for those who may have joined us late, tell Sam why you decided to join the Peace Corps. Well, because my husband had passed away, the children grew up, the dog died, and I had a few <laughs> options there. You still had some adventure left in you. Oh, lots. And a lot of energy. And, and I, um, you brought your skills as a math teacher to this island? I did. I did. And I also had to teach English, which was a challenge because I hadn't done that before. And they're not native. They're not native English speakers. They they speak a, speak a different language than English, they right? They speak a different language, right? So well, English is a second language. Right. English was a second language. Yes. Is it, Their what, language what? is called Bislama, which was a form of Pidgin English. Okay. But um, you don't really. Um, 
I mean, I didn't speak it, but I learned how to speak Bislama, believe me. <laughs> how big was this island? I mean, how many people are on it? Uh... Probably there was maybe 2,000 people, but I did not see these people because they were in their villages. Mm-hmm. And I did not walk to the villages because I was told it was not a good idea for me to do that. Oh, all right. I lived in the school community, but I walked to the little town called Sola probably once a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, every once in a while you would find... A person who was living on a yacht had stopped there or something. And okay. You go, oh, hi, where are you from? Uh, <laughs> interesting. So um, did you buy your groceries in the village? Did no, you, okay, I bought was- my groceries in the main uh, town in Afate, the where they had Port Vila, which is the capital of Vanuatu. Every once in a while, the Peace Corps would uh, fly me to either Santo, which is one other island, or... To Ifate so that I could buy groceries because there was no way I could get them there. There was really nothing for sale. I had chickens, so I had eggs every now and then. Okay. And but I, I, I ate a lot of rice and a lot of lentils. Okay. So uh, you're teaching children uh, math and English. What age ranges are we talking about? Grades seven through nine, seven, eight, and nine. Oh, like a one-room schoolhouse kind of thing? They're all together? No, they weren't all together. There was a lot of kids, and there were crowded classrooms, mm-hmm. like, you know, 30 and 40 kids in a oh, classroom. Really? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's wonderful that and the, the kids are able to attend school, because yeah. oftentimes in uh, more remote areas, um, the kids are caught up in doing chores and, right. you know, just keeping the society going. Keeping the family going. And education going. isn't a priority. Let me right. put it that way. So this is this is nice to hear that the there were a lot of children enrolled in the, in the educational there were. There system were. there. Well, one thing that was an issue, though, was school fees. Not all the parents could afford the school fees, and they came in a staggered situation. You know, when school was getting back in session, the very first week you'd have very few students, and then Mm -hmm. it would get more and more as time went on. That had to be challenging sometimes if you get the class as a whole to a certain point, and then then other kids are migrating into the curriculum. Yeah, it was. Now, were all the teachers uh, Peace Corps volunteers, or were there some local teachers? No, I was the only Peace Corps volunteer. All the rest of the volunteers were people... Nivans, the people of Vanuatu. Oh, okay. All right. And um, you, you said that they had their own language, uh, a form of pidgin English. Did you have uh, any difficulties communicating with your colleagues, with the faculty? No, I did not. You know, they, they could speak English, the mm-hmm. faculty, for the most part. Some English, you know, and I could speak some Bislama, so it okay. worked out. <laughs> That's terrific. Somehow it always yeah. works out, does it? And okay. how long were you there, Kathy? A little over two years. At the same school. Yes, I was always at the same school. And did the the students call you Miss Kathy or something else? They did. They called me Miss Kathy. (laughs) That's so so adorable. That's All the people in town called me Miss Kathy. Oh, wow. That must have been so rewarding to spend two years there and bring the light of education to these people. Right. You you would walk through town and they would say, oh, Miss Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, when you weren't teaching on your off time, what, what kind of adventures did you have in the South Pacific? Well, my off time, I was often uh, tutoring students in my my house. Oh, okay. Because they would come at night. Some of the older students need help with doing a composition in English, and mm-hmm. so I would try to help them. But also, I did a lot of reading, which was wonderful. You know, it was great. I enjoyed that immensely. 
Now, do these uh, young people, after they finish uh, the school that you taught at, do they uh, leave the island and go to university, or is it? Well, I think a few might pretty much stay. Right. You know, I'm as much as. You know, they went to school and everything. I really didn't honestly know what they were going to do with algebra. <laughs> but okay. although, although math is a something that teaches you how to think. And right. I don't think it was ever a waste, but uh, some of them, I'm sure, did go on to the university, but that would be very few. Uh, only a, maybe 15% at the time I was in Vanuatu actually ever went on to a secondary school. Mm-hmm. So th- this it ended at uh, ninth grade, or or it went on to no, high school. No, no, there was higher grades. All right, but not a college. There wasn't a local college. You know, it was so I don't think there was a college in Vanuatu. There might have been in Fate, the uh, Port Vila. Uh, I think there was an some of the South Pacific College or something, but I I'm not really familiar with it. So in the minute we have left before the break, what was the highlight of your two years stay there, if there was one? Even two. Well, it was my students, how much I love being with my yeah. students and their reaction to me. And the whole thing was amazing. You know, you, you discover beautiful plants when you're going for a walk. Oh, my gosh, there's an orchid falling from that tree. And, <laughs> and yeah. it, was, it was just an amazing event. You know, we have a, a, a youth uh, interact group for high school Rotarians, and our Rhinebeck group uh, goes down to South America to help build uh, various classrooms in a school that they've built one classroom at a time every year. Um, is the school uh, what we would imagine a school to be, or is it something uh, different? Well, you mean the physical the, plant? The school building, yes. The physical plant was really very dilapidated, and it wasn't very, I mean, there was no window was left that was just open air, and yeah. uh, it was, you know, there were huge spiders walking around. <laughs> well, we're going to find out more about that. <laughs> We're going to find out more about that in just a minute. Right I want to hear about the spiders. You do? Yeah. I don't. Next segment. <laughs> Which comes right after these important messages, so stay tuned. At Patterson Auto Body, they know that a new car has more than 15 onboard computers operating everything from the engine to the radio. So technicians not only need to know about automotive repair, but electronics, physics, and chemistry, too. The specialized education needed to become an automotive service technician today is equivalent to several master's degrees. Patterson Auto Body is very proud of their automotive technicians. Experience is a wonderful thing. Call 845-878-3456 for a service appointment today. That's 845-878-3456. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111, 338-9111, or normanstaffing.com. Some enchanted evening, you will see a stranger, you will see a stranger across the crowded room. I am seeing a stranger because you've lost your mind. <laughs> I that am Sarah O'Connell Clark. And I'm Ezio Pinza. <laughs> and that was from South Pacific. It is from South Pacific. And we and were... somehow you'll know 
that you've lost your mind. You'll know. I already know that. (laughs) Newsflash. We're talking to Kathy uh, Sanderson uh, about her experiences in the South Pacific when she was in the Peace Corps. She went into that, which I find fascinating. She was in a transition in her life at 61. She joined the Peace Corps and went to an island far, far away from home. That's right. And far, far away from my singing. And it taught in a school that had no windows in it, was an open-air school right. with kids of all different abilities and, and uh, experience levels coming in and out of the curriculum for two years. And where were you again for our listeners that just oh, joined us? Give the, us the, gi- the geography of where okay. you were. I was on the island called Vanua Lava, which is part of the country of Vanuatu, which is in the southwest Pacific probably about a three-hour plane ride off the coast of Australia. You know, Kathy Sanderson, for those of us who are familiar with the Peace Corps back from the 60s and the ensuing 50 or 60 years they've been active, um, everyone's got an image of a Peace Corps volunteer being a young person in their 20s. Um, were there other senior citizens like us uh, in the volunteer cor- yes. corps that you were at? Um, yes, there actually were three other people that were in my group, unfortunately, none of them stayed. I was oh, okay. the only one that stayed. Yeah. I wasn't going to give the old folks a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you were there for two years, and yes. you were teaching math, and you were teaching English as a second language. Yes. And um, do you consider this one of the best experiences of your life? Absolutely. Or interesting, absolutely. or how would you categorize it? Oh, I think one of the best experiences. I think the most rewarding for myself. Uh, It was, definitely. Now, your mother, how many children do you have? Oh, I have three children. And what did your kids think? Did they think you'd lost your mind? Yes. When you said, (laughs) well, two of my children were living in in Europe at the time. All of my grandchildren had been born in Europe. Okay. My daughter still lives in London, and I had a son who was living in Switzerland. So I had to go to Europe to say goodbye to my children. Okay. And, And... they were okay about it, really. But it was the youngest one who thought, oh, It's always the baby, isn't it? Is that causes leaving me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> However, he was 25. It wasn't like he was okay. a baby anymore. So, Kathy, what was day-to-day life like in uh, in the South Pacific? I mean, I very clueless in the on the, the life, fun first time. First of all, yeah. Yeah, teaching. there wasn't always electricity, and it's near the equator, so... It was dark at 5.30 at night and then light at 5.30 in the morning. Okay. So you went to bed early and you got up early. Okay. It was amazing how you could change your sleeping patterns. Right. But it was all good that way. I did. So you just you adjust to the environment you that you're in. You did adjust to it. You did adjust to it. Uh, but sometimes there was light, in, I mean, because there was electricity for a couple of hours at night, but... Not always. It wasn't a dependable thing. It wasn't a dependable thing. No, I think the worst thing was that there were these Asian centipedes in my um, house, and they were very frightening. And Well, they're big, aren't I, they? Uh, they're big and scary, and I did have to get the Peace Corps to help me get rid of them, and they did. So all was well. I never got bit by one. Well, good for you. Uh, did you miss some of the modern uh, conveniences that we have here in the United States, like, like the oh, internet and uh, like TV? A, and Well, yeah, they didn't have the internet at my site. Um, we didn't. Ha- I didn't no longer had a washing machine or a dishwasher or a telephone or radio or television, nothing. You know? So how'd you do your laundry? I had two big pans. <laughs> Oh, you did, you hand the washed everything. The old-fashioned way, like my hand, grandmother. Hand washed everything, uh-huh. and I did have a pipe with water right outside my house, which was wonderful. 
and uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I kind of knew it was going to be that way to start with. And it's I a little say, rustic. I didn't really miss it. I, it wasn't something I thought. Oh, wish I had my washing machine. I so really it wasn't a tough. It wasn't a tough way. adjustment. That wasn't a big adjustment. I didn't How about think. coming home? Coming back to the bright coming lights. Home was a big adjustment. Did In you see way? your children on the way back? I did. Well, I I visited some other countries on the way. Then I flew to London. And um, my daughter had had a baby while I was gone. Oh, And uh, so it was wonderful to see this baby. Uh, her name is Jasmine. And then I, um, then my younger son flew to England, and he and I went to Amsterdam together. And then we flew home together, the younger one and I. And the other fellow picked us up, and it was Christmas Eve. Oh, perfect and timing. I know. And I said to my younger son as the plane landed, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get out and kiss the tarmac. And he said, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so what was Christmas like in the South Pacific, or did you go home for uh, you both know Christmases? What Christmas, Christmas there was no. The first Christmas I was there, and there were no presents. There was nothing like that. And the children had the most wonderful, delightful day. I thought it was one of the most wonderful Christmases I ever really? spent. Right. I know they always show pictures from Australia because in December it's their summer and Christmas. Uh, true, Santa yeah. Claus is in shorts. <laughs> right. Well, no, they they made games out of coconut shells, mm. and it was great. That was a wonderful experience. Talk to us about uh, uh, the children there uh, that uh, that you were teaching English and math to. Um, were they enthusiastic students? Are they any different than the te- kids that you taught here in the United States? Well, I did learn that teen- teenagers are teenagers all over the world. What a surprise. <laughs> Bye, right. <laughs> However, they were great. You know, I don't have any complaints about them, certainly. Would you recommend this to other people of our age bracket? I certainly would. I would say challenge yourself as you get older because it makes life a lot more interesting. Want to do it again? Want to ready to go back? Um, you know, I think about there's a thing called Peace Corps Response where you could go for like six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. I do think about doing that once in a while. What kind of support did you get as a volunteer? I mean, they they, 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 they fly you at their expense or, or oh, something yeah. you have to no, lay out well, in your own pocket? I, and they, you get a little bit of money every month. A stipend. Like. Some, yeah, but some uh, I live in the city and they're able to spend it. I was in the country. I never spent a dime. So... I used it to travel. <laughs> oh, very good. Travel where? Back to, home or around? I went around? to Australia yeah. and New Zealand yeah. and Singapore and Thailand. Oh, great. Mm. So you made a tremendous adventure out of it. Oh, well, it was a great adventure. So for the in the minute we have left, tell folks at home why uh, the Peace Corps is important to world peace and to the, the image of the United States is, acro- around right. the world. Peace Corps is one of the most important exports that the United States has. Um, they... The teachers do so much for the students and help with the schools in general and help the, the citizens of those countries become good teachers as well. And well, reminding, Kathy, reminding everyone that it was founded by President Kennedy. Right. Yes. Kathy Sanderson, thank you for being a great ambassador for the United States through the Peace Corps. And thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary. Oh, thank you. And who sponsors Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Patterson Auto Body, Mental Health America of Dutchess County, Mark Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Center, Norman Staffing, Poughkeepsie Nissan, and the featured Rotary Clubs of New Paltz, Patterson, Pearl River, Philmont, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, 
Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, Suffern, Walcoles, Wappinger Falls, and Warwick Valley, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell Clater, our producer Kathy Kruger, and the Wizard of the Buttons, our great engineer Mr. Jay Verzi. This is Jonah Trebowasser thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With 14 locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess, Orange, and Ulster counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, which includes our Riverside Division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, New Paltz, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your local bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website, aarauctions.com, is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to aarauctions.com, tell your friends about us, and please come back often. That's aarauctions.com. There is always a reason to live. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of MHA of Dutchess County and the Mark Agency. Suicide impacts tens of thousands of people each year and is often the result of untreated depression. Do not let the stigma keep you from talking to your doctor. The Claudio Cares Foundation and MHA want everyone struggling with depression to know that we all have a reason to live. Don't be a statistic and don't leave your loved ones wondering what they should have or could have done. What is your reason to live? Call MHA at 473-2500. It's Goshen Rotary's Great American Weekend 5K and 10K Run. Saturday, July 6th. Race day registration starts at 6.30 a.m. at Orange County Government Center. 255 Main Street, Goshen, New York. With race time at 8 a.m. T-shirts to the first 500 registrants. Walkers are welcome. That's Goshen Rotary's Great American Weekend 5K and 10K Run. Saturday, July 6th. For more information, email GAW5K10K Rotary run at gmail.com.